Support for this program is provided by Chevron. I'm Annie Snyder. This is Politico Energy. It's looking more or less inevitable now that Democrats' massive social spending bill won't be quite so massive, if it passes at all. Just in the past two weeks, Democrats gave themselves a little more time to hash out the details of the sweeping package and deliver on the president's agenda. They want the bill to provide paid parental leave, fund universal pre-K, expand Medicare, and confront the existential threat of climate change. But will that all make it in? Today, we're talking to Kelsey Tamburino about the push from progressives to keep climate and green energy provisions front and center in a smaller reconciliation bill. It's Tuesday, October 12th. So Kelsey, all eyes over the past few weeks have been on the moderate Democratic senators who have refused to agree with President Biden's $3.5 trillion budget proposal. But at the same time, a number of other senators have been reminding everyone that their votes are just as important, right? Yeah. You know, we've seen in recent days progressives in, in the Senate kind of doubling down on their commitment to include climate provisions in the reconciliation package. The United States Congress needs two important infrastructure bill. But only one of those two bills is a climate bill. The two bills, the bipartisan infrastructure bill and the budget reconciliation package would make historic investments in our country's physical and human infrastructure. They are the Joe Biden Build Back Better agenda. That is the deal. And that is the only deal that will work for our country. And I attended a press conference hosted by Senators Ron Wyden, Tina Smith, Chris Van Hollen, and then Ed Markey about this. And and basically the overall message was that, you know, no climate, no deal is what they keep repeating. Senators Wyden and Smith and Van Hollen and I said very clearly, no climate, no deal. That's their red line, that they want the reconciliation package to include a host of climate provisions, and they don't want those provisions to be left out of the package as you know negotiations go forward. As we're sort of looking at a smaller package, what are you hearing progressives and outside groups who are um, active on climate and energy issues prioritizing? What are they saying are going to be the key areas to watch on in this arena? In terms of the climate package and and the energy package, the senators were really making clear that they want the host of uh, provisions that we we've seen floated included in that final package. But, you know, they in particular were talking about the provisions that uh, need protecting like the Civilian Climate Corps, a green bank. And with a robustly funded budget reconciliation package, we also see the millions of good paying union jobs that can be created in solar and wind in all electric vehicles and battery storage. They want to get rid of the fossil fuel tax breaks. We're going to say in the future, we'll have one for clean energy, one for clean transportation. The more you reduce carbon emissions, the bigger your tax savings. The other part of this is the, the clean electricity performance program. And that's another area, but also the clean energy tax credits, which are, are really a big focus for people like Ron Wyden, but a, a host of, you know, renewable energy advocates. That said, you know, we don't really know the path forward on, on the package right now. There's, you know, two competing ways that this could go. The Democrats could, you know, agree to entail basically shrinking 
program funding proportionally across the board, or, you know, we could see cuts of specific programs. So those are the two ways this could go. And we don't, you know, really know which way yet. Bernie Sanders has made this point repeatedly that the 3.5 trillion dollar package is already lower than what he had wanted. And they're really maintaining that, you know, as many climate provisions need to be included as possible. So a week or so ago, our colleagues on the Congress team broke the news of West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin's proposal to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Um, Of course, he is one of the central (laughs) players in this whole drama. Uh, And he had proposed to Schumer a $1.5 trillion package, so significantly smaller than what was being discussed. Um, what, What were his requests specific to energy? in there. Yeah. So Joe Manchin has been uh, critical, I would say, of the clean electricity performance program, uh, but he hasn't really specified what he'd like to see in that. But I think in terms of, you know, the actual memo that we saw. I've been very upfront and very fair. The bottom line is 1.5. Manchin is really calling for a few things, main things. He wants to see spending on innovation, not elimination, and really this being a fuel neutral approach to climate. Um, he wants his Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee, in which he chairs, to have the sole jurisdiction over the clean energy standard that's being proposed. But in terms of the tax credits as well, you know, he's saying if wind and solar are included and extended, then that, then fossil fuel credits are also need to be maintained, which is something that Ed Markey pushed back on. He also specifically said that natural gas is not clean energy, and he made that point pretty forcefully. Hmm. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time talking about Joe Manchin. The other moderate Democrat that we're all watching, of course, is uh, Kirsten Cinema of Arizona. She's been a bit more enigmatic than Manchin writ large on the package. What do we know about her position on energy and climate provisions? Yeah, that's really an interesting question because we don't know a ton about where she stands on this. You know, I will let Senator Cinema speak for herself um, on that and what her points of view uh, are. At this Obviously, point. she's been critical of the $3.5 trillion price tag that'll likely be reduced anyway. But we don't know for sure where she stands on some of these climate and environmental programs. That really does seem to be something that's being driven by Joe Manchin. And our our colleague, Zach Coleman, did some reporting on this. And, you know, he heard from at least one person that it is Manchin who's driving the climate discussions on this. So the original assumption was that the transportation funding deadline was going to be the deadline for the reconciliation package. Obviously, that got punted. Is Glasgow the new deadline? Is that is that what's driving the new timeline now? I think it might be. Yeah. So at this press conference last week, it was hosted with Sunrise Movement and Evergreen Action. And those are two, you know, climate organizations. And they also, in their remarks, really made the point that Joe Biden needs to have something in hand to go to COP26 to negotiate global climate cooperation. And then the U.S. needs to be a leader. So they really did point to that being a key deadline, you know, which is only three weeks away. So it'll be it remains to be seen how much will be done before then. But that, I think this is really the, the focal point right now. And we see the global leadership that is possible if we pass this package before President Biden heads to the International Climate Conference in Glasgow next month. If you want more news on energy and the environment in your inbox, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morning energy. Some of the music on today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Annie Snyder, and we'll see you tomorrow. 
Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Did you know that Chevron supports the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? In fact, they've even tied their executives' compensation to lowering the carbon emissions intensity of their operations. Because it's only human to help power a brighter future.